this offense because they've not been doing a great job up front. That first play goes down as a rush for Waddle with two yards, second and eight. The set going on the run, and the beat down. Fisher says, yes, it's a catch at the 48. And that's why it's like these guys are so big up front. They're dominant on this D-line now. It's like you want the big guys to have to actually play. Great pass. And breaking free and the spin move is Preston Williams. Watch out for Preston like he did there. He's got some ability. Two catches for 55 yards. Handoff. Gaston. Level. Level at the line of scrimmage by Shaq Barrett. Throw it. One step throw. Set at the goal line. Should have been caught. That was Waddle. We do have a marker down. The hole by Pilardi. And Miami got it inside the 10. Ran it a couple of times. Second and third. Also, of course, with his Patriot ties. Here's the first and 10. As Brady loads it up and fires on the sideline. Caught by Evans. Gets to his feet and picks up an extra three or four before. Gwinnett gets another first down carry. This one's going for big yardage. But they can run it when they want to. It seems like they just choose not to. First downs on the last three plays. Make it four first downs on the last four plays. It's Godwin. Man, he opens up so much for him. It's a game changer because you have to double him. He's never covered even when he's covered. Third and six. Complete and flying into the end zone. This Giovanni Bernard. They took him a second round. And start the couple games on the right side, too. Set up a screen to Gaskin. JPP misses. Gaskin takes it to the 50. Go. Second and 10. Complete for a first down. Well done. And his first play of the game counted as a run when he tossed it over to Waddle. Here he goes toward the end zone. Gaskin has it. Wide open for the touchdown. Well, we... Another pass, second down, covered, bust right here. Good throw. Gusecki has it. And finally, tossed down the sideline. He got to the 40-yard line. Siragusa. Third and six. That's what they have. Big guys inside. They're coming after Brissett. Who's able to unload and get it to Waddle. <laughs> wow, that was some play. Not after one or two. They need throw it. Here they come, locks it wide open. Gaskin for the second time. Touchdown, Miami. This is. Oh, he just went over 100 yards. 55. Yeah. With that catch. Six That's... for 101, two touchdowns. Uh oh. Devins! Touchdown, Tampa Bay! Hello, Miami. I am Will, and you are listening to 305 Sports Now. Your home podcast for all best coverage and all things related to Miami sports. And I must say, it was a difficult uh, weekend if you were a Dolphins fan. Once again, I'd like to thank the NFL for the highlights of the Bucks Dolphins game, in which I will say, and I must say, and it's obvious, Tom Brady is the absolute greatest quarterback that has ever laced boots and has ever put on a football helmet. Tom Brady flat out carved up what is a pretty solid Miami Dolphins defense and completely embarrassed the Miami Dolphins at home today, you know, this, uh, this, this, uh, this Sunday in particular. 
The one positive I will say is that the Dolphins' offense, in terms of the passing game, did look slightly better. Yes, there were there was still the short passing game was still there, nonetheless. But the Dolphins did average at least seven yards per per average per pass for uh, for Jacoby. He was he finished off twenty seven to thirty nine for two hundred seventy five yards passing with two touchdowns and one interception. One that wasn't even his fault was actually Jalen Waddle that fell out that completely bounced off his hands in particular. But the Dolphin running game was absolutely awful, though. All right. Uh, Miles Gaskin was five for 25 with five yards rushing along of 13, you know, and that's about pretty much it for the Dolphin running game in particular. The receiving game for the Dolphins, however, it was a horrible game as the Dolphins fell 45 17 to the defending champions. But for Miles Gaskin, if you had him on fantasy football today, it was a pretty solid game. 10 catches, 74 yards, and two touchdowns for, uh, for the running back for the Miami Dolphins. And I just want to go into the Tom Brady's performance because Tom Brady was absolutely sensational. He made the Miami Dolphins look like pretty much Central Connecticut about a couple of weeks ago. Um, Brady with 40, 41 attempts, 411 yards passing, five touchdowns. And once again, why is he the greatest? No inter exceptions all right the tampa bay football team was just kicking on all levels both offensively and defensively we expected a very tough defense and we got one from the bucks the dolphins were held to 17 points you know once again a very low scoring affair for miami jacoby did look better this game than it did last week in particular they did take more challenges down the field i felt like the miles gaskin touchdown pass you know was a uh, was a solid one it was a catch of 24 yards that got them to score but it, but it did go vertical. It did not go, you know, to the sides and it wasn't a slant and so on. So I have to give uh, the Dolphins a little bit more credit. They did take more chances down the field this game than they did in the previous games with either uh, Tua or even in uh, even using Jacoby as well during this game. But what was going on with the Miami Dolphins? Well, first things foremost, there's a, I have to, I'm starting, I start using the R word when it comes to Miami. I do think they are regressing as a football team. They were expected to play better this year. I expected the Dolphins to be, you know, at least, you know, have a couple games of uh, victorious under their belt, maybe win three games, you know, maybe be three and two and not one and four, you know, in particular. I expect them to beat the Raiders. When I saw them on the schedule this year, I expected to beat, I expected to beat uh, the Indianapolis Colts, and I did expect to beat the New England Patriots on the first game. So I expect the Dolphins to be at least three and two during the season. I did not expect them to beat the Bucs. The Bucs are just a well-oiled machine. Tampa Bay is uh is just I do believe they're gonna win the Super Bowl again. I don't see anybody stopping this team once they get Gronk back. The offense is still gonna look absolutely sick, you know, as a as a ball club. And Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. Antonio Brown was vintage Antonio Brown today too. Seven receptions, 124 yards, and two touchdowns. But we can't forget Mike Evans, six catches, 113, and two touchdowns as well. With with these kind of weapons, Tom Brady I don't think will ever lose another opportunity to win the Super Bowl again as long as he's still playing. If they get this team back, I'm not saying it's win like four in a row. I'm obviously being a little hyperbolic here, but it's going to be very hard to beat this football team if Tom Brady is still playing at a high level with these weapons. All right, because Leonard Fournette is a solid back. We saw what he did to Javon Holland when he dragged him, you know, for about, I would say, between five and ten yards. You know, he's a, you know, he, he runs violently. He can catch the football in the backfield. Giovanni Bernard was a very, is a very good running back, you know, out of North Carolina, played a few years with the Cincinnati Bengals, so – I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. And uh, I just uh, I just don't see anybody beating beating this football team. It's just it's just not going to happen, you know, very much. But, you know, 45-17, the, the Bucks were favored by 10. They more than covered that spread in particular. 
And again, Tom Brady, 411 yards and five touchdowns. As a, as a Dolphins fan, you know, I used to like dislike Brady because, you know, Brady was a Patriot and he always was a thorn on the side of our team for so many years. But now as a Buck, you know, you got to admire the greatness. Tom Brady, the thing, I've always measured quarterbacks and I've always said that the quarterbacks of the 80s and 90s are better than the quarterbacks that are playing today because they could play both under center and in shotgun. Like, for example, Marino could be in shotgun, also be under center. And lately, the way the college game is going, even the high school game is going with all this spread offense, some of these younger quarterbacks, I feel they have to be taught to play under center, even though we still see that a lot in this league. But you see a lot of more uh, at the shotgun position. Tom Brady could play in any era, and that's how I judge greatness, all right? Can you, can you be um, a stud in any era? And Tom Brady is that guy. Tom Brady could have been a fantastic quarterback in the 80s, 90s, 70s, and even today. So that's why I think he is the absolute greatest. And the most admirable thing about Tom Brady is his work ethic. Picked in a very, very, very low rounds. No one thought anything of him. A scrawny guy, not very fast, you know, in the combines. But look at him now, all right? Seven Super Bowls later with seven rings, and he's pretty much the greatest of all time. So my hat's off to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for that defense and that offense, and my hat's off to TB12 who continues to do it at a high level in his mid-40s. All right. Now, that's it for the Miami Dolphins. I am That was a short one, I know, but not much to talk about this game except the fact that the Miami Dolphins uh, hopefully can get a win next week in London as they face uh, the very, very, very sorry Jacksonville Jaguars and the much maligned Jacksonville Jaguars. They do get to see Trevor Lawrence uh, for the first time in, uh, in his career. He faces the Dolphins. So we'll see the Dolphins do this game. I'm not going to guarantee a victory because of what happened at home against the Colts. All right. So let's hope the Dolphins could uh, get a victory and get back, you know, back in the win column because it is much needed for this football team. If not, it's going to be a long season. And I do believe, although I do believe that Brian Flores is safe, um, I do believe that Chris Greer's job is not. All right. Because Chris, Chris Greer is the one that has picked the personnel that is on the field today. And as of right now, his drafts that his, his draft classes have not graded well in particular. Austin Jackson, once again, not a very good at pass protection as Jacoby Brissett goes down three times today, all right, in his game and in many cases was under duress. All right, now I'm going to go over the, the Miami Hurricanes a bit. Miami Hurricanes did have a bye week this week. Like I said in the previous podcast, I want to break down their arch rival, which is going to be the North Carolina Tar Heels, whoever thought that UNC and Miami would become better rivals, but it has become that case as some games have been played pretty tough by both these, uh, both these football teams. Last year was an absolute drubbing, all right, to the point that, um, that Mac Brown, I believe, and Matty Diaz showed that they really don't like each other very much because being up by 20, Mac Brown still went for some trick plays to embarrass, I believe, his former defensive coordinator, our, our current head coach, Mr. Manny Diaz. In last year's game, okay, in last year's game at home, the then ranked 10th in the country, Miami Hurricanes, fell to North Carolina, who was ranked 17th, 62 to 26. An absolute embarrassment, you know, showing, embarrassing showing by our football team here in Miami. North Carolina had 30 one first downs and rushed for over 554 yards at Hard Rock Stadium 
last year. It was an absolute drubbing by um, North Carolina to the Miami Hurricanes. It was an embarrassing game all around for this football team. The Miami Hurricanes um, held the football for only a little over 19 minutes in this game. It was absolutely dreadful. Okay, Michael Carter and Javante Williams were both in the NFL right now. All right, Michael Carter had 24 carries for 308 yards. And Javante Williams, who should have been a Miami Dolphin, I might add, um, had 23 carries for 236 yards and three touchdowns, both with longs of 65 yards. Sam Howell barely threw the football in this game, only had one touchdown. The only thing I will say, all right, the only thing I will say is that in 19 minutes to, to, to have a positive in, this, in this, uh, this game, in 19 minutes, Miami did score 26 points. So they could score on North Carolina if they would have had a little bit more time with the football and kept their defense off the field. Um, or the defense could get off the field. I'm sorry for that one. Get off the field. The running game was, was, was very poor, but uh, Derek King on 18 for 30, um, 239 yards uh, passing and only two touchdowns, a long of 76 yards in the game. The only one bright spot for the Canes last year was Brevin Jordan with six catches for 140 and a touchdown. So, I mean, it was a very, very, very forgettable game. But this time the Canes go over to Chapel Hill. All right. Uh, this season, the Canes go over to Chapel Hill. They go off now this time to face North Carolina, which is uh, going to be a little bit uh, hungry to beat the Miami Hurricanes because of the fact they were embarrassed by uh, the Florida State Seminoles. To so give the credit to the Knowles, the Knowles have racked off a couple good wins, beating Syracuse and now beating uh, North Carolina to go two and four in uh, as, as far as their overall record goes and two and two in the conference, right? North Carolina falls to three and three and they're two and three in the conference themselves. Sam Howe had a uh, pretty much a pedestrian game, uh, pretty much only completing 17 passes for 203 yards only, all right? While Jordan Travis only threw 13 passes, he did have three touchdown passes in that game for the Seminoles. He rushed for 14, uh, for, I'm sorry, had 14 carries, rushed for 121 yards and two touchdowns as well. Florida State uh, is playing a little bit better. They, uh, they left the, the, the pure pocket passer, Mackenzie Milton, and went back to the dual threat quarterback and Jordan Travis. Uh, but I will say this, Florida State did beat, if I'm not mistaken, Florida State did beat North Carolina last year. All right. So, and that didn't stop North Carolina from dropping the Hurricanes on their own home field. So I do believe this is going to be a smash mouth game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout for either side. It's going to be a very tough, tough game for both in particular because of the main fact that, um, that, the, the Hurricanes are going to want revenge and North Carolina is not going to want to go down to the Hurricanes and Mac Brown definitely does not want to lose to Manny Diaz and vice versa. And it's a very big game for the Hurricanes because if they go down to North Carolina and go 0-2 in the ACC so far, the, the chair is going to get a lot hotter for Manny Diaz. So this needs to be a must-win game for the Canes, not just to stay in ACC play, but also for their head coach as well in the preservation of his job. From, what I, from what's been online and what uh, some credible sources have said, Manny Diaz is safe you know, until the end of the season. And like I said, that's good for uh, Coach Diaz that he doesn't have to worry about looking over his shoulder. And that's also good for recruiting. And it's also good for his team that they don't feel like they're playing for a lame duck coach, at least not at the moment, you know, in particular. I want to break down. I want to break down a little bit of uh, next week's game going back to North Carolina. And looking at their 
their average. Let's see how the Canes and the Tar Heels do fare against one another. All right. In particular, it is going to be a very uh, tough game because you have the points per game, Miami averaging 30 points per game. A lot of that came in the Central Connecticut game. All right. And uh, North Carolina uh, averaging 35 points a lot per game. Miami slightly allows more at 27 per game. Total yards, though, 486 yards average per game by the Tar Heels to the Canes, 438. Again, a lot of that is because of the Central Connecticut game as well. So we have to look at it and look at it from uh, the perspective. Uh, De'Ara King is probably going to play in this football game. He's had a very pedestrian year, only throwing for 767 yards and only three touchdowns to four interceptions. Sam Howell still looks pretty good, even though North Carolina has had a year that has been okay. Uh, in particular, or at least not as expected, um, as Sam Howell has about nearly 2,000 yards passing at 1697 with 16 touchdowns and only five interceptions. I do believe the Hurricanes, although the running game is not as strong this year for North Carolina, they need to watch out for their receiver, Ty Chandler. Right, Ty Chandler is having one heck of a season, all right, as he has pretty much, uh, give me a little second here. As Ty Chandler, I'm sorry, the tailback, Ty Chandler, has about 88 carries this year, 484 yards. Rush has five touchdowns already. The leading receiver, though, for the Tar Heels, all right, is Mr. Downs has about um, this season, he has 49 catches, 741 yards, seven touchdowns for Josh Downs, right? In 2020, he had seven receptions of 19 yards, so it's been a bit of an uptick year for Josh Downs in particular. So that's going to be a very, very pivotal game for the Canes. It's a must-win game for the Canes. I do believe the Canes need to keep North Carolina completely balanced throughout this football game because if not, it's going to be a long game for the Canes as well. What I think the Canes should do on offense in particular is that Miami needs to come up with literally what, what I noticed against Virginia and how they really picked up momentum is when they went literally into a Two-minute up-tempo offense when they caught Virginia off guard. That's where they had two quick touchdowns and were able to put themselves in a position to win the football game. So what I suggest the Miami Hurricanes do, all right, suggest the Miami Hurricanes do, is have 10 set plays, right, whether the beginning of the game or whether in the second quarter, have 10 set plays that they will not go into huddle. I mean, completely up-tempo to keep North Carolina off balance, all right? And out of those 10 plays, out of those 10 plays, 20 need to be chunk plays of 20 yards or more, all right? You need to keep this North Carolina defense pretty much backpedaling throughout this whole game. And if you can get a couple scores, and I mean touchdowns, not field goals, a couple touchdowns off of those 10 plays, that puts North Carolina in a very, very awkward position because that's not the same team they faced last year. All right, it's a totally different team. They're still a pretty decent football team, I feel, and I do believe they will give Miami some fits and they have this disdain for the Hurricanes that, uh, that uh, Miami uh, has to also watch out for, and Miami vice versa has a disdain for them. But that's the one thing that the Miami Hurricanes need to make sure of is the fact that they got some solid plays that could create, some, that could put the receivers in space, chunk plays that can get a lot of yards and get these, uh, and get these defensive linemen in particular gas, which allows Derrick King more time to move the ball down the field. I am speaking if De'Ara King is going to start this game. It hasn't been any word yet, but I do believe he will start this game against North Carolina right, this, this upcoming uh, Saturday at 3.30 at Chapel Hill. All right, so that's my take on the game. 
you know, in general, that's my take on what I think the Canes need to do. Uh, I'm going to reference the Miami Heat a little bit. For those of you that may be wondering, uh, why is it I only cover Canes and Dolphins? Because football season is in high gear at the moment. So I'm, I'm focusing more on the Miami Dolphins and especially the Miami Hurricanes, a little bit of FIU on the side as well. But we will be covering uh, the Miami Heat on a weekly basis as well once football season uh, wanes off. And we will be covering the Miami Heat more consistently on a weekly basis with some, uh, with some analysis on how their games went during the week and the high scores and whatnot. So to lead that off, I'm going to talk about how the Miami Heat have been pretty impressive so far in the preseason at 3-0. and And Tyler Hero, who last year uh, did not have pretty much uh, hit a sophomore wall, you know, in particular, has looked so far pretty good this preseason, uh, averaging about 26 points per each game. And that's what we expected out of Tyler. He's uh, matured himself a bit more, it looks like. And also that, that, that stroke has come back, the one stroke that actually led the Miami Heat into the NBA Finals and made him pretty competitive against the LA Lakers. All right, so let's go Heat. Let's continue on. And like I said, we will be covering more of the Miami Heat and also the Florida Panthers as well. We can't forget the Cats who are also been, pretty, been playing pretty well this preseason. All right, ladies and gentlemen out there, that is it for me. If you like what you heard, Please uh, download this podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google, or wherever you get your podcast. If you'd like to leave a donation, since we are uh, pretty much a listener-funded service, please leave a donation on Anchor.fm. It's much appreciated. All right, for everyone, I am Will here at 305 Sports Now. Have yourself a wonderful day. God bless, and see you soon.